Hey guys, welcome to episode two of Crazy Talk. This is your host, KYT. I'm joined once again by uh, our two ho- co-hosts, Frankie Richard and Alex Hain. And uh, another guest joins us uh, this episode, David Schneer, uh, a local player, someone who I like to call the legacy master because of his uh, performance at a recent, well, well, fairly recent GP and he did win a Wii at, at Nationals. And uh, what, what GP was that, Dave? That was a GP Columbus. I finished 28th. I've also, and, I also won more than a Wii. I've also won a few mocks in playing OEC. So <laughs> I do have a few tournaments done. But the Wii so, is the most impressive one. Yeah, the Wii is definitely an impressive win. <laughs> it's so like, like winning a Delco, man. <laughs> I'm sure you've won many of those, eh, Frankie? <laughs> oh yeah, where I play, that's what they give. <laughs> so I was saying, Dave, you you have quite, in my eyes at least, uh, the reputation of being someone that's quite proficient uh, at Legacy. Me and Alex were were following, at least I was refreshing the standings to see how you would do in GP Columbus, and was surprised to see that you kept winning and winning and winning. But you know, we were cheering for you to make it to the top eight, but uh, you couldn't get there. <laughs> You lost to Saito, right? I lost to Saito, followed by Brad Nelson. It's just nice line of losses. <laughs> <laughs> what what were you playing in uh, GP Columbus? I was playing a counterbalance list made by uh, Justin Richardson. Oh, nice. Uh, a fellow Man of the Pride writer. And uh, have you been playing counterbalance uh, basically for as long as, <laughs> well, as, long as I can... Uh, remember, I've seen you play just counterbalance, but how long have you been playing that uh, specific archetype? Um, I'm actually not sure when I switched to counterbalance. Before counterbalance, I was pl- I played landstill for a long time. It basically, until counterbalance became a good deck, I was playing landstill because it switched from landstill being a good deck to counterbalance being a good deck. By the way, for anybody <laughs> out there, don't play landstill. Don't do it. <laughs> just don't. <laughs> um... Actually, I should have started with uh, how did you, our usual question that we start in episode one with Frankie, Alex, and John Medina, which is how did you get yourself started in Legacy? Um, was it one of the, your first format that you got into, or did you start like the rest of us, start with Type 2, and, and then get into Legacy somehow? Well, actually, I started pretty much in Legacy. I started playing at school, and then I found a player group at a local store who played mostly Legacy the tournaments were all legacy, and so I started. My first competitive deck was actually Mono Red Burn, featuring Ooh. great classics like Jackal Pup and Fire Blast. <laughs> Fire Talking Blast about Jackal Pup and Fire Blast. Well, KYT, I thought one of your Twitter followers asked something about the MTGO decks. Right, right, right. Um, so for other people that really uh, wanted to start out. On MTGO or in real life, they they wanted to see you know what's what's the cheap way of going about it, what's a good way to start. And on MTGO, uh, it was told by sent to me by a Twitter follower by the name of I think Joel or Joel. I can't really pron- I, apologies for uh, not pronouncing your your Twitter handle right. But he asked me about the MTGO decks, the in- sort of intro. Decks, they're calling them the Magic Online Legacy Deck Series. There's one called the Bolt Slinger and another that's called... Exiler. 
Exiler. So one's mono red, and the other seems to be mono white. So Frankie, is there a deck that you know you want to take one of them and tell me what you think about it? Yeah, well, I think I think of the two decks. I think the the most interesting one is the white one. Uh, as you said yourself, the it, it has sick value. With just you start with <laughs> three uh, Stoneforge Mystics. That's we know they're pretty good right now. <laughs> and uh, it also has uh, four Aether Vial, and it, it basically plays also the. Uh, uh, Mura, uh, the uh, a lock with the a led the the legendary land to yeah, bounce Caracas. and exile yeah Caracas and uh, Mangara I think it's, it's yeah exactly it's Ma- Mangara anyway and uh, basically you 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 exile permanents uh, every turn with the with that lock because you activate right. the Mangara targeting a, a permanent and it itself and then you bounce it in response so. Since it's that resolution that it removes itself, it removes the permanent and it stays in your hand from the Caracas. So, Alex, just for our listeners, uh, or I can do it, do you mind saying the exact... Because some people are just don't have them played Legacy at all. So, Mangara, the, it's a 1-1 legendary creature, and you can continue if you for want. For a colorless and two white mana, uh, you can tap it, remove Mangara, Korndorf, and target permanent from the game. And Caracas basically allows you to bounce. Right, it's a white legendary oh, land that taps either for a white or tap it, return target legendary creature to its owner's hand. So, I believe it's legendary. I oh, know it's legendary creature. You're right. <laughs> and then there's the other mono red deck, which which Alex you think is probably better in terms of competitiveness well, if they went head to head. Or I don't know if I would say that, but I would say. Like the the white deck definitely needs like to become an archetype in the format. It's sort of not as far as it can go, whereas the red deck is basically as far as it goes. It's hard to improve sort of from uh, you know if you want to stay at being a burn deck to improve on that deck. I mean, it comes with four goblin guides, four Kelden marauders, four Hellspark elemental, four fire blast, four chain lightning, four lightning bolt, four lava spike, and pr- four price of progress between the main and side. Which is really, you know, all the all the cards that you want to be playing. Though I, I think, though I don't, I don't know if I really would recommend that deck because it has a lot of trouble against combo decks and possibly, you know, I think it would have trouble against the white deck to an extent. Probably true. The only thing that you could really change in the red deck would be adding fetch lands over mountains. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's interesting we're talking about precons when I just realized that in our first episode we talked about that this is probably not the way to go to to be competitive at Legacy. Don't buy a, a precon and get the cards slowly and go to tournaments as you go. Just go in, just buy the cards that you need for a deck and uh, get into the format that way. Uh, I don't well, like. Go ahead, Frankie. Yeah, well, for the thing is, like, for for legacy it, online it, with these decks, is that you can just like quickly acquire all all the red staples and the white staples. Like, there's a lot of staples in these decks. You know, like like you you get your swords, you get your vials, you get mystics that are good. Uh, the land is being 
played a lot, like the Caracas land, it's being played a lot to someone who would cheat an Emrakul into play. You know? Right, so you think that... All, like, like, these cards are very useful. You have the Canonist, you, you get a Canonist too, that, which is played a lot against combo, so... Like, the cards are useful for, for Legacy, even if the deck themselves, like, might need tweaking, you know? Like, okay, and you actually it, get a playset of Canonists. It's like, spending, like, hours, like, on bots, like, looking for these rare cards that... Like, people online, you like, most people are interested more in standard, so, like, it's not all the bots that will have spawn. <laughs> yeah, I agree with Frankie on this. The white preconstructed deck is a really good starting pool. Yeah, Obviously, de- definitely. Yeah. Okay, so, like, I just want to reiterate our point then. Uh, as opposed to type 2 constructed precons, uh, this one in particular actually has a lot of value and a lot of uh, cards that you see in, in certain and some of the top decks. And definitely if I guess all four of us have convinced, you guys have convinced me that if I were to start, I would just buy the Exiler deck and, and see where I go from there. If like playing a deck that includes Stoneforge Mystic is something to my liking, which is something that I did play last night. So, Yeah, if you're looking to improve the white deck... Um I don't think Bone Splitter is really the way you want to go. <laughs> no, that probably uh, needs to be a Sword of Fire and Ice. Or something, and, or maybe even more Jets. I think he probably want more. Possibly, uh, and Benevolent Bodyguard should definitely not be included in any Legacy deck. It should be a Mother of Runes. <laughs> it I definitely believe should be Mother deck, of Runes. I believe when these decks first came out that Mother of Runes was not yet on MTGO. I might be incorrect. That, but That's possible. I actually don't know that. I but definitely, yeah, Mother of Ruins is the right card. Yeah. <laughs> So could a, a pimped-out mono-white deck, Exiler, uh, what a version of this Exiler deck, could be? Could it be competitive? Has it seen any type, or does it need an, another color? I've definitely seen decks close to it being competitive. Uh, probably best if you would add in black for some discard spells just to protect your Mangara stupidities. And you probably <laughs> want some Tarmogoyfs. Basically, possibly Tarmogoyfs too, yeah. This is very similar to an archetype that Medina and I talked about last uh, cast, where basically white X Aethervild X, and this is it has m- many of the key cards for the the white versions: swords, Aethervilds, Stoneforge Mystics, and uh, Mangara is a very common one too. Uh, okay, so that that's, ends our discussion of these. Uh open uh, these, I mean, not open, these legacy deck series, and hopefully anybody that's interested in buying them, we've helped make your decision. Buy Exiler. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Frankie, um, you wanted to mention a source, uh, a website, because I feel, you know, a lot of these websites, especially if you go on manadeprived.com or 60cards.com, you're only going to see standard decks or forums where only the standard forums, you know, type 2 are they're the only places with people talking about stuff. So you mentioned to me that you wanted to recommend newcomers uh, a resource for them to go to. Yeah, so exactly. I'll let you introduce and that. It, like a lot of people know about it. It's not it's not a huge secret, but uh, there's a forum <laughs> called uh, MTG the Source, which is really like it has a lot of uh, content for people looking to get into the format, and it, it's it's really like well. Uh, well broken down to you have a a section that's called the uh, decks to beat which lists the major archetypes 
and then there's another section for established decks that list kind of like all the tier two archetype that are uh, that are being developed, uh, and uh, there's there's a ton of deck there, and you can you can find a lot of information, and and it's basically just like the way they do it is they'll they'll start a topic on one of the decks. And you'll have someone write kind of like write an intro, explain how the deck came to be, and then after that, people just comment on like <laughs> how they're trying to improve the decks, uh, what card they're trying, what the, what troubles they're having, in which matchups, and and people just talk about it, and and you can go and read that, and you'll you'll be able to kind of like see how those decks are performing, how they can be improved, and. And to help you make your own choices when when you're trying to build build these decks. Do you uh, frequent these forums a lot, Frankie, or only now that you've started to get into legacy? No, but I, I've started I've started looking at them like uh, a good while ago because when I was uh, when I was building my uh, Dragon Stompy deck, I, I was going into there and like looking at the latest deck list that the people playing the deck were using and, and making my own decisions, you know, based on that. And uh, I, I, there's really, like, on that deck, uh, Dragon's Stump, it's crazy. There's, like, 200 pages of people just talking about card choices <laughs> and bad beats and, like, uh, blowing out people. It, it's good. <laughs> Alex and uh, Dave, do, do you use uh, any, do you go to the same website or use any other resource that are similar to this? Uh, or I've seen this website before a long time ago. I actually forgot it existed. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess Alex doesn't check well, this out at all. <laughs> I, you know, when I'm, I, I, I look at Star City Games deck lists a lot, uh, especially since they started their open series for Legacy. Yeah, so do I. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and I use this other website. Uh, it's called Google. You get to type in things <laughs> and you, you know search. It's very what, effective. What's that? I've never heard of that one. Here, I'll send you a link to it in the chat. Awesome. You get to they have all the deck lists. Uh, Frankie, one last question about this website um, before we move on oh, to another that's topic. Awesome, man. <laughs> before we move on to another topic, Frankie. I bought, is, I, you know, I bought shares uh, for that website, <laughs> so uh, probably making money as we speak. Congratulations, man. That's a good. That's a good thing. Last thing yeah. I had was a Nortel. Yeah, that didn't go well. <laughs> Google is a sick site for uh, your deck teching uh, needs. Um, so, Frankie, my last question I wanted to ask was, a lot of forums or uh, strategy sites like TCG are known to have a lot of trolls like in, in their comments, and then even MTCG Salvation in some parts are known for, for having a lot of immature forum posters. How do you feel uh, it is for this uh, website that you were talking about? Do you think most people are in general quite helpful? Yeah, most people are, and uh, the like. Some of the admins are really active, and like they they're 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 not afraid to just like uh, to intervene when there's uh, when people go online. But like mostly people don't, you know, because like if you're usually when if you're that into it, you know, like you're you're going there <laughs> to get help and uh, try to improve your deck and. Of course, sometime, like, someone will mention something that's been, uh, already proposed, like, uh, 30 <laughs> pages ago, and they might, they might shut him down a little bit, but, 
that's life. Folks, so, <laughs> so most you've read the whole thread, all 200 pages of it. I think I've had that response before where someone's like, refer to page two, post four. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> um, At least they tell you where to find oh, it. It's you know, well, like, some of it you can you can go through it pretty quickly, you know? <laughs> yeah, Alex, like, yeah, at least they tell me where to look, or they could just, like, tell me, but they, you know, we they want me to actually go and click page two and scroll down, find the exact answer for myself. <laughs> yeah, well, I've had, like, I've had the experiences even worse than that, where, you know, you, 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 like, ask about something, and they're like, oh, you didn't read the whole thread, and I'm like, there's 200 pages of it, so, yeah, well, we discussed this earlier in the thread, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And then they just stop. They don't tell you where to look. It's like, go back and read it all. What? Yeah, all these people obviously have not much else going on, so they have time to read 200 pages of a thread. And don't believe that other people wouldn't. Well, or they've been there since the beginning. Like, if you've been there since the beginning, you know, you you have to read, like, one page every couple of weeks or something. It's not that hard. Who's been there since the beginning? I don't know. I'm sure it's, it's Thrun, probably. Thrun, eh? The last troll. Was he the first troll, though? <laughs> probably. Um, okay, then. Remember, remember that guy is legendary. Yeah? <laughs> oh, shit, he is legendary. <laughs> Inside joke between me and Frankie. Yeah, because uh, 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 KYT mind tricked himself again last night. And he, did he, he play played a second, second one? one? Yeah, mm, very nice, KYT. I still won the match, though. So, it's just more depressing. <laughs> so what were you guys oh. playing last night? Was he playing a standard so I, deck against you? <laughs> no, no, I was playing Matt's deck because uh, I, I forgot my affinity deck at home. So last night was uh, for our listeners was Tuesday Night Legacy at uh, face2facegames.com. I was going to say .com, but face2face games, the store. And I forgot my affinity deck, and I got, I think it's called Lands and Taxes, Alex, his deck. Were, well, I think your them. deck was just taxes, right? <laughs> okay, I, I I don't know the archetype names, but no, but, but I mean because because of a certain change that you had to make to it, right? Oh, right, right. So basically, it plays Aether Vile, Stoneforge Mystics, uh, the two swords, Sword of Body Mind, uh, not Body Mind, Sword of Lane Shadow, and Sword of Fire and Ice, uh, Umazawa's Jite, uh, the Mangara combo that we uh, talked about previously with the Caracas Land. Um, Thrun's Night of the Reliquary. So it felt like a very... Outside of having the Caracas-Mangara combo and, and Aether Vowel, it felt like a very just normal Stoneforge deck uh, to me. And Oh, well, you had Quasali Prime Mages as well. and Wastelands, right? Wastelands that weren't in the deck because the store took them out. And so I had to... And the pairings were up. So last minute, I found four basic lands to shove them in, and still still managed to go 301, but I'll let Alex, since I think he's seen the deck more, tell people what the purpose of lands and taxes is going more in-depth than me, because I was just beating face and, and didn't have the wasteland plan uh, to go along with it. Well, I mean, with any vile deck, you want to use your vile you know, instead of lands, so you want to be able to pop things in with it while you're messing with their mana base or doing something with your lands. So normally when you have Wastelands and Caracas and so on, 
you're using Mangara and Wasteland to lock them out of their mana while you beat them down with, like, let's say a Stoneforge that's equipped or a Thrun, I guess. Though that's a little bit of a rogue version played by Match Maltz, uh, an employee of Fasafas. He always plays rogue <laughs> decks. Yeah. <laughs> Generally does decently. Yeah, though that may or may not have to do with the fact that he cheats fairly often. Well, he, 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 may, he may cheat. He's also probably better than most Legacy players. In my experience, Legacy players are among the worst players in Magic. That's not to discourage people from starting to play Legacy. But Would you like to tell a story from uh, GP Columbus? I know you've told me this oh, story I have, before. I have many stories from GP Columbus. But I sat down in round six. That's my favorite one. So my opponent, apparently, I learned very quickly that he was trying to play Goblin it's Garble Charbelcher combo deck, which was a good deck, solid combo, doesn't really kind of dice to any kind of disruption, but it has game. Unfortunately, before he won the dice roll, he started, played four random ritual spells, and then passed the turn. I'm like, okay, I'm going to die here. I have no mana down. I don't have force in hand. I had no idea what the guy's playing. But no, he just started to play ritual spells. And then figured out that he was going to fizzle after playing four of them and passed. <laughs> this is in round, this, I think it's round seven actually, because I'm already 5-1 at this point. So my opponent was also 5-1 and he did this on turn one. And I just like kind of like smiled and proceeded to win the match. So he just four for zero himself or something like that? Yeah, basically. Like that? He decided that the four, <laughs> having six cards in his hand was just not good enough. <laughs> you only so lost two trolls. I ain't KYT. That's not that bad, eh? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I only lost two trolls. This guy went, like, nuts on turn one. He, he like, made himself mulligan to two cards. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Belcher really needs its cards. Yes, it does. By the time he actually had anything, I already had, like, my top and my counterbalance in play, and uh, he didn't resolve another spell. <laughs> well, I can understand that ex- that experience, uh, that feeling. Of course, Frankie gets that uh, feeling when he's playing against me, and I'm misplaying to Oblivion. I sort of uh, put myself in the mindset all the time. I guess this is a bad strategy. Obviously, I put myself in a mental state that I know nothing about legacy. I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna suck, and it's like this sort of self-fulfilling prophecy where I'm, you know, doing things and basically telling my opponent to just kill me and get it over with. Uh, Yeah, it's obviously not a good frame of mind. (laughs) Especially considering that I'm pretty sure the legend rule applies in all formats of magic. (laughs) I could be mistaken. Like, there's some weird commander rules at some point in history that didn't apply. I didn't know Thrun was so bad. (laughs) Don't worry. I think uh, a fellow Legacy master, Dave, uh, Drew Levin, possibly made that play in Type 2. He attacked his opponent with uh, Thrun and then played Green Sun Zenith for four, finding another Thrun. Uh, That wasn't me. No, 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 not you. Somebody else did that? Yes, a well-known Legacy player. Really? Yeah. He, he, future- but he managed to recover after after that, which is very important, like not going on tilt. And he got second at that event. A future, uh, he's actually a future guest on this cast, so it would be interesting to bring the story <laughs> up <laughs> again to him. And uh, like like it happened to me, I played through Thrones and still managed to beat Frankie Richard with my uh, crappy, well, 
wastelandless lands and lands deck <laughs> or whatever. Um, but I have to agree with you guys when I've been playing in Legacy, the the players themselves are feel a lot weaker than when I'm you know playing Pete. Oh, well, this isn't really fair because it's Tuesday Night Legacy and I'm comparing it to no, the level of play at a PDQ, right? Really, even at bigger le- Legacy events like for Moxon or bigger prizes. Grand Prix, for get, instance? Grand Prix, for instance, you get a whole lot of horrible players. It's really, it's much easier to pick out the sharks from the scrubs in a Legacy event than it is in a standard event. Okay. Like, you go to a standard PTQ, you look around, and you see a whole lot of actually, like, decent players. And a few people that you know are there to have fun and aren't going anywhere. You get to a legacy event, and you can clearly tell the few that are actually actually know what they're doing from the majority that have no idea but have a deck in their hands. Well, especially after three rounds when they're 3-0, right? Yeah. But, uh... But no, Dave. Actually, the my favorite story of yours from Columbus was when <laughs> was was when your you, your opponent attacked you with uh, was it a Knight of the Reliquary? Oh yeah, that was a different great story. That was actually like later. That was day two. I was already like X three, I believe, at that point. And uh, yeah, he attacks me with Knight of the Reliquary and a whole bunch of other guys. I set up blocks. Like after thinking about this play for five minutes, I set up blocks. I pop my <coughs> relic of Progenitus to make his guy his guy shrink to nothing. And then my Rock Swarmux eats it. And then right away after combat, so I definitely won the combat. He had no business attacking me. It was a horrible play there. Right away after combat, he decides that it's a great idea to play Terravore right after I pop my Relic of Progenitus. For those of you who aren't aware of what Terravore is, it's a green creature for a two green one whose power and toughness is equal to the amount of land cards in all graveyards. There were no cards in any graveyards except for two creatures at that point. He expect, I guess he expected me to counter it or something, but basically I just said okay. <laughs> well, but my favorite part was that he spent like a long time thinking before he decided to play the Terravore. Oh yeah, he did. He, he stalled on a Terravore. He was trying to figure out if I had a three on top or what I could possibly do. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty funny circumstance. <laughs> People in Legacy are just bad. Um, so is the, is our theory of the reason why that they don't play other formats so they don't get to have the experience of different interactions or do you think it's, it's another reason altogether? I think uh, Legacy is actually, it feels different than Standard. It's more fun in certain ways and much more frustrating in other ways. There's, like you pointed out last week on your podcast, there's a whole lot of masturbatory decks. <laughs> <laughs> In the format. There's also a whole bunch of weird, stupid decks, like uh, Show and Tell, for example. Another funny story I had from that GP is my opponent played Show and Tell. Uh, like, set up, he had a force in hand, I, pre- I saw the force for some reason. And uh, I also had a force, he knew I had the force, he didn't know what else I had in my deck or my hand. But he was kind enough to point out that he wasn't, that he boarded out his progenitus. So he played it, and I... He thought I was going to force it or something. I let it resolve. So he puts his card down. I put my card down. He re- reveals Emrakul. And then I reveal my Silver Temptation, still holding force back. He then scooped. And that was in the last round of the tournament at X3. 
That's a bad beat, I think. <laughs> no, it's not a bad beat. He knew I was playing them. He knew I was playing Jace's. He had no reason to actually try anything there. It was just like, ooh, I'm going to lose. <laughs> so, going back, why do you think specifically, why are legacy players so bad? I think a lot of them... Do we really want to go there? Like, <laughs> I don't know, actually. I think a lot I of them like, really uh, enjoy the format. Are we trying to, to play. Lear- <laughs> no, I think players really enjoy the format. And when you enjoy the game a lot, you stick to what you know, what your friends play. So you're saying legacy players enjoy to masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> and saying males enjoy to masturbate. <laughs> Frankie, what did you say? You wanted to say, do we really want to be insulting legacy players? Is that what you wanted yeah, to... Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, it, it seems... Are we trying to promote the format, like, on the fact that it's played by retards, so it's easier, <laughs> or... Right, right. Like, why why don't we promote it like that? To get standard players... Yeah, yeah, like, come and beat up on uh, <laughs> magic players who wash very... Uh, not very often. <laughs> Well, I actually have a theory why legacy players are at least considered to be weaker. Well, I think it's main, one of the main reasons is that uh, Wizards doesn't have a PTQ season in Legacy, so all the sort of sharks and pro players don't spend as much time on it. And, you know, it, like now the Star City opens of making the format more popular and so on, but the, it's still really wide open. You can play pretty almost any deck and still be at least remotely competitive and so a lot it attracts more casual players i think because of that who you know are are there more to have fun than to try and cut be very cutthroat and win i agree with <laughs> you on that alex i do but again <laughs> legacy is a great format i thoroughly enjoy playing it every time i do get to play it oh it's definitely fun even when i do horribly like i did last week <laughs> You, yeah, that was not very master-like. No, that, that was a very <laughs> pitiful show-up. <laughs> so we talked about uh, how I did uh, last night. Uh, what did you play, Frankie? Would you like to uh, Please don't yeah, share? I a bunch of dildos. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, actually, I was... Uh, uh, I asked Alex, you know, uh, what does zoo beat, you know? And he, he said <laughs> no, zoo beats... Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Yeah. And he said yeah. he said bad players, so I said that's perfect for Tuesday night magic. <laughs> and uh, like the first round was really funny because I was playing uh, a nice guy, I think Thomas, who comes at the store pretty often, and uh, I also draft him with him from time to time. I came in in the first round thirty minutes late. <laughs> and I proceeded to beat him 2-0. They gave me a match loss. I beat I beat him 2-0 in 20 minutes with my uh, my zoo deck. Was it a match loss? Game loss or match loss? Uh, well, yeah. I, I, it's like I was starting the round like 0-1, you know. Okay, game okay, loss. Okay, game, game loss. Game loss. Game loss. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and I, I I ended up taking the game in like 20 minutes while others <laughs> were finishing the round. <laughs> Very nice. Later. Anyway, but it, it 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 was good against like the deck seemed to have a good game against it was he was playing a a countertop deck. And okay. It was it was kind of fast enough to uh, to beat him. 
Yeah, if Counterbalance doesn't draw the right cards against you, or if they don't play the right cards against you, then uh, Zoo will be Counterbalance most times. <laughs> yeah. What are... Uh, Alex? Like, Zoo tries to sneak threats in that are really cheap, but are powerful, before Counterbalance can set up control with the, its namesake uh, combination. Exactly. And But if Counterbalance has, like, answers for the first, like, swarm, basically, of guys that Zoo plays then Zoo's not going to really get to resolve anything else under the counterbalance. That's exactly the game. But sometimes either counterbalance just doesn't have the answers, or the newer lists that play Progenitus with the Natural Order don't actually have room to run them. Right, and but I think they, Zoo, Zoo actually now is playing Green Sun Zenith, a lot of versions are. Yes, that, which makes it hard. Right, because you can pay it's X or less, so you can pay a high amount of X, which means that it'd be very unlikely that the counterbalance player would be able to reveal, let's say, an extreme case, an 11 cost, casting cost spell on top of their deck. Well, true, but remember most Zoo decks in Legacy, unless I've like, missed the times, really don't play that many lands. No, but I mean, even, let's say, convert a mana cost 6, really, counterbalance is best at countering 1 and 2 drop spells. Very true. And newer lists actually are pretty good at countering 4 drops as well, weirdly enough. 4 and 3, they're reasonable. 3 is, three is very limited at, at the moment. The thing, the thing with the counter lock is that you can, sometimes you can also kind of disrupt it, you know, like, sometimes they're not gonna, ha- they're not gonna be able to use stop, and like, you, you have to bait them to put back the top so you can try to sneak another spell that's, well, yeah. uh, that's at a higher cost than that. Right, okay. or you could stick an early Quasali Pride Mage and then, you know, good luck keeping, like, getting two counterbalances on the table while you're getting beat down, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's not a it's not a fun position to be in. I've been there. The I beat them. Out of but, the board, the Crozen Grip is also pretty good at uh, at beating it. Although <laughs> uh, they can be prepared, you know, they can they can see it coming. Yeah, and really, one of the key cu- things about playing counterbalance properly is knowing how to float the three, and also just being lucky and flipping the right cards at the right time blind, which I was very good at in Columbus. I'll admit it. I think one of my <laughs> opponents actually like walked away almost in tears because I blind counterbalanced him about seven times. <laughs> uh, Frankie, uh, what what else did you uh, play that night? I also played against uh, the Cephalid Breakfast deck. <laughs> uh, isn't which, that a deck uh, from like ten years ago? It's it's really yeah, I, I remember actually right kicking you with it, Dave, one time. Yeah, long time ago though. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, back when the it's deck coming, it's confidence. coming back, and from uh, very we- well respected uh, sources. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see why not. It seems like a decent anyway. deck. It does its own thing, man. <laughs> yes, it does. Well, I could definitely see why a deck like Zoo would have have trouble with that. Zoo's a deck that really tries to play fair, right? It tries to put out some pressure, attack, and play some burn spells to finish you off. But, like, you know, Cephalid Breakfast is a deck that says, hey, turn two, do you got Graveyard Hate? Do you got a counterspell? Because otherwise, I'm comboing off and killing you. Yes, basically, one of the nice mass supportory decks that actually wins quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Gets it over with. (laughs) It goes off real fast. Yeah, not everybody has the stamina of a high-tide player. 
<laughs> Frankie, how fast were you served breakfast? <laughs> uh, like the first, actually, the first game was really quick, and uh, the second game. Uh, Whoa, second games. The second game, uh, it took it took him forever, man. And, uh, but still, there, eh? still, I still I got splashed a little bit. <laughs> Well, the first he gave right? Infinite Life the second game, and I didn't bother after that. <laughs> you don't want to be no Infinite. Yeah, I didn't have uh, I didn't have an answer for that. You probably would have oh. decked before you. Yeah, most likely, but probably would have found a way to win against you. I was I was oh. playing against Rob, so you know I, I I let him have it, you know. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> also also it's considering he won game one, it's chances are you would you know, even though he, he finished so quickly game one <laughs> uh, you probably you know, game two he probably would end up in a draw and he would win one zero. Very true. <laughs> to wait it out. Um and Frankie we obviously played each other but we also Played uh, another deck, uh, the same opponent who, I'm not sure if this is, cause I don't know Legacy, and Frankie maybe you can tell us, or the rest of the guys as we can, as we describe his deck. Uh, he plays, well, yeah go ahead. Yeah, he basically was playing a, uh, it appeared to be mostly mono blue. Uh, he was playing, uh, Phyrexian Dreadnought and Stifle. I'm not uh, sure what what that deck is called uh, well, nowadays. There used to be popular stand, standstill lists that played that kind of combo. Yeah, I think they called it Dreadstill. Yes, it was Dreadstill. It was a very interesting deck. It really lost hard to like engineer explosives. So yeah, I never considered it a good deck, but a lot of people liked it. Yeah, so so he was playing that. So what tier is it, guys? Like tier? Uh, it's a Two, well, what is there a tier between one and two? <laughs> one point five. <laughs> that would make I, I, sense. I no, it's a right tier two deck at the moment, at least. At, actually, at most, a tier two deck. Yeah, it's not not very popular at the moment. It used to be fairly popular, especially following uh, when Paul Chion uh, won his in in the world's team uh, team championships. He was Paul Chion for the U.S. team was playing that in Legacy. And uh, and he he won his match uh, pretty convincingly. It was, of course, very slow, but uh, he finally got there against playing around many cards. And I remember uh, some of the crew from here in Quebec went played that deck at, uh, at in, I think was it Columbus? I think it might have been. Uh, I don't think it was Columbus. I was there in Columbus, and nobody was playing that. A bunch uh, of people Chicago? are playing Countertopolis. It's possibly Chicago. I didn't go to that that event. Uh, it just feels weird. I, I don't know if the deck's supposed to, I forgot if he plays forces or not, but to put out the 12-12 and then have to stifle it... Yeah, it definitely that, plays it, forces. It, it definitely plays forces. You're playing four stifles and probably, I forget what the split-second stifle One or two trick binds. Trick bind, there you go. And you're playing at least one or two trick binds as well. Okay. And the because it just the also yeah, acts as like extra wastelands for your for your mana denial plan as well. I felt like he was just okay, so he would force my spell and then play this guy, stifle the ability, so spending like four cards already yeah. on a threat that's 
like very it's not very fragile I feel yeah like. that's exactly why I never thought the deck was good I I I was I had Maze of Ith and that was that <laughs> in, in my game yeah that makes sense uh, but let, yeah, Frankie, well, if I can ahead. explain what happened in my game sure. he was playing against four main deck Quasalis two Green Sun Zenith to fetch them <laughs> and after sideboard I had Double uh, an- ancient grudge because some people play affinity there, and I had two thousand <laughs> grips, and I had also four path main. So there was no way in hell he was sticking that dreadnought and winning, you know. Which is exactly why the deck went out of season. Just there's, it's very easy to remove, so there's no point in playing a threat that you can e- can easily remove by any spell in the format. Right. Another thing that mentioned is the reason why Stifle is, is good is because almost all players in Legacy play many fetch lands. Like, the main mana bases are fetch lands plus duels. And uh, so so if they use their fetch land, you can Stifle it, and they still pay the one life and sacrifice the fetch land because that's the cost. And so they don't get the effect, which is the search for a land. So it's effectively a one mana stone ring. So a lot of the aggro disruption decks tend to place four copies of Stifle. Um, so, Frankie, is there anything else you wanted to talk about uh, to wrap things up about your Tuesday night adventure? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I think I think I've said enough. Okay, so we're gonna move on to you know a, a, the biggest legacy event that happened on Star City. Uh, Star City Games Edison, the legacy event. And of course, if we're talking about Star City Games, then we might as well have someone from Star City Games on the cast. And once again, we have John Medina. How's it going, John? What's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> he, he just uh, we... got in with his Honda, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just showed up and you guys are in the middle of the cast, man. We had to start things earlier because you know, uh, yeah, for Dave. Yeah, sorry. Who, uh, I, I, who's Dave? Who's Dave? Uh, that's What's me. <laughs> What's up, Dave? Not much, you. Not much, man. Dave is our local, like a guy I call the the Legacy Master because he at nationals he won a Wii playing a, a he won a Wii tournament with a Legacy deck. So <laughs> and he bought so thirty two Columbus, which is a little more impressive. <laughs> right. <laughs> As awesome as a Wii is. <laughs> the Wii was awesome. I mean, the store like oh. bought it for me before I even left. It was great. <laughs> but you didn't play the games yourself? No. Ah, uh, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's why we started before you. Sorry, John. Um, you're you're going to be sorry, KYT. You just <laughs> 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 oh man, I'm getting Jedi mind trick there. <laughs> yeah, what just happened? <laughs> that was my job. You guys all just handed me your wallets. <laughs> Medita's the heaviest. Uh, mine's empty, bro. Mine's empty. <laughs> no, it has four candelabra of Tanos today. Dude, yeah, I just spent all my money on candelabra of Tom- Tanos. <laughs> God, why are those so expensive? Okay, so we're going to move directly, because we've just named the card that's been used by the winner of uh, the Star City Games Edison Legacy Tournament, which is a high tide deck that played very expensive candles. No, they weren't expensive when he was playing them. 
They weren't. Well, well, how much were they at before he was well, playing? They were like uh, seventy to one hundred. And, wow. uh, and so, like, after he won, they became expensive. <laughs> that would make sense. I think I looked, I looked up on Star City. They they were sold out at 200 yeah, I think. Yeah, that's why I saw yeah, that, that was after. Yeah, that was after the, the tournament. Is it still sold out? Yeah, yeah, they didn't get any more. I mean, people people right now, they want, like, at least 200 for theirs. So, like, the fact that people want 200 is going to stop, you know, Star City from getting... Any. Yeah, for sure. They can't just like magically go. Oh, this card is like popular. Let me just go and get some out of the vault. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they might. They might have a vault, but like, aren't you like, the vault? <laughs> they're like yeah. Medina hook us up with Kevin. I'm like, nah, dude, can't do it. Have a red phone that says Medina on it. The red phone. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you have Japanese candlesticks. Korea oh, no, no, no. <laughs> is the way to go, dude. Those even exist. Yeah, those exist. Oh, wait, no, no, no yeah. they don't. No, they don't. I don't no. think it, no foreign language of that really. No, works. I'm pretty sure that's why it's so expensive now because yeah, it's the yeah. only printing is this antiquity. Yeah, not antiquities. Uh, what is that set? Your, your antiquities okay. is correct, Dave. Yeah, you know, I, I bought a Miser's Candelabra for thirty bucks, like. What? A couple months ago, for my Roshin uh, EDH oh, deck. Nice hey, <laughs> return. Yeah, I'll double your money right now, bro. And give me sixty for it. Ooh. I'm pretty sure. Frank, are you gonna take I'll, that offer? It, uh, what do you think yeah. these are worth? Masturbation purposes. Masturbation <laughs> purposes. Oh man. So, uh, so what do you guys, okay. uh, what, so, well, it was, uh, Alex last week who was talking about this deck, right? So right, I'm kind of... Right. Cause he was playing a version of it and won a tournament, the, uh, Karsten Cotter version, but it didn't play candlesticks and this one did and obviously we want his thoughts on comparing those, these two right, versions. But I thought last week, Medina, I thought you said something about it being awful and like strictly worse than the ad nauseum or whatever. Yeah, I was gonna talk about that right now, but... Freaking KYT, he just won't shut his mouth, so, uh, you know. <laughs> like, I was just about to say, like, Alex talked about that last week, and I was, like, giving him so much crap about how sucky this deck was. <laughs> and it turns out that, that I don't know anything about Legacy. <laughs> it's always the same, man. You're looking to play your Japanese uh, days when the deck wins. You're giving shit to the another deck and then it wins. Everything you touch turned to gold. <laughs> Isn't it the opposite? Isn't it like everything that turns to gold he touches? <laughs> he's a gold digger. <laughs> well, you're the he's so broke. <laughs> so, yeah, in all fairness, though, the deck that I looked at uh, was also was not running candlesticks, and it wasn't running a cunning wish package, was it? Well, it was playing one cunning wish, actually. Yeah, but I mean, come on. But yeah, I mean, it had. <laughs> well, with with four merchant scroll, you can find your one cunning wish pretty easily. Yeah, obviously, but I mean, it's it's a different build completely because when yeah, you, it's very different. Yeah, yeah, when you're relying on the on the cunning wish, you know, and the uh, and the candelabras, it seems, it just seems more solid than the list that I originally seen. So yeah, obviously, like you know, if I'm basing my opinion on a list that I seen before. 
And, I mean, if that list would have won, then I guess you could have some street cred, but, you know. <laughs> I like how you're covering your tracks there. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, I'm just making it clear, man. Just making it clear. Have you considered politics as a career? <laughs> oh, man. So let's talk about this deck. What do you, what do you think? Alex is the expert, right? So uh, I don't know if I'd say that. Like, you know, the tournament last week was the first time I ever picked up a high tide deck. Well, it worked for you, right? Yeah, well, I would, yeah. I would I say play, I haven't played the deck since it played like reset years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, well, basically, like the the Merchant Scroll is like the nuts card in the deck, in my opinion. Like that's what makes everything super good because you can find it's like it's your tutor, right? It finds you anything. Like it finds you Cunning Wish, Brainstorm, Boots <laughs> on Zenith when you're going for the kill, right? It finds high tides yeah. and turnabouts, extra Force of Wills for protection. Yeah, because I seen he what he was doing. He was he just kept merchant scrolling for uh, pact negation. Post board, I imagine. Yeah, it was post board, and then he had like three pact negation in his hands because he's like merchant scroll pact negation, merchant scroll pact negation, and then he was like cunning yeah. wish pact negation, and like this was just like ah, uh, you know, time spiral. And then it's like yeah, go ahead, counter it. Like the deck is really good when you're going into the late game because I think I think really the deck has inevitability over any deck. But, like, it's really hard going the late game, game to beat the high tide deck because they can just get infinite, like, protection before yeah. they go off. It's like basically a guy who goes to a grocery store and buys, like, you know, a 24-pack of condoms. Like, he's going to be safe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be safe if he uses them. <laughs> yeah, I was about to point that out. He's like, oh, man, I left it in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, don't you, well, don't you to, need the don't you need toilet paper if you're gonna go off? <laughs> well, it's I, not I, condoms I, you need, man. It's <laughs> masturbation. <laughs> I do like I knew once this deck won, I was like, oh man, there's gonna be so much masturbatory talk, on crazy talk. <laughs> Crazy talk. <laughs> so, Alex, go on, please. Oh, yeah, yeah. Finish <laughs> off. <laughs> you guys have a hard time finishing, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds no, like a but, personal problem. But, of course, the, the rain, main thing this deck gained recently, right, was when Survival was banned and they unbanned Time Spiral to keep the format the same size. Like, before Time Spiral, the deck was was fine, but it wasn't, like, great. Now you really just need, like, a high tide, Time Spiral, and four lands, and you can go off. Or, yeah, like, definitely. you know, if you have a candlestick, you, you don't even need four lands. Woo, candlestick! <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, John, they're really cheap online. I think someone tweeted they're, they're ridiculously they're cheap online. online. Four, four tickets. And okay. I, I just built, I built a legacy deck and, and I would, I played against, I think three people playing this deck and they killed me on turn three with the uh, candlestick. <laughs> so I, I'm starting to think that this, this version seems, if it's just as consistent as the version you played, Alex, that this is definitely superior. Well, I, guess. I was playing Cloud of Fairies, which, uh, is not as good as Candelabra for, for getting you high amounts of mana. But what it does help is the, those hands that you draw, like, post-time spiral, that are just, like, all mana and no business. Cloud of Fairies cycles 
Yeah. No, seriously, like, I actually <laughs> won multiple matches because I could cycle Cloud of Fairies to, like, draw into stuff. What about Meditate? Meditate is is pretty good. I mean, it has it's really good against discard spells, right? Because you just fill up your hand. And, like, against disruptive decks, you just play a Meditate and you're, you gain, like, so much card advantage, you don't really care that they get an extra turn. Yeah. And... I never got an extra turn when they meditate. I just well, that's died. The general <laughs> idea of the, of the card. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's. Like, he's also skip your next turn, if sweet. You're meditating oh, wait, I'm dead. while they're going off. You're in trouble. Man. <laughs> it's just hard to beat that concentration. Yeah, it's, it's like you know they're using their mind to meditate, and then they're controlling their matter. You know they're with mind you know over matter. Get you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the thing is like uh, you know they're gonna make you meditate and then I mean they're gonna meditate and then they're gonna be like oh here's all these cards to use on your extra turn too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the deck also plays mind um, over matter, so, which is like I, in the coverage, uh, um, uh, Alex Hatfield, who uh, no awesome initials by the way, um, <laughs> was was like, you know, using his turnabouts instead of on his lands like I was, he's using them on his artifacts so he could untap multiple candlesticks, which gave you <laughs> even more mana. Oh, man. And then, like, mind over matter untapping candlesticks is also insane because, like, you know, instead of normally, produ- you know, you're getting, like, just a black lotus or whatever, you're getting, like, 18 mana from untapping a candlestick, and then you're, like, using that to blue sun <laughs> zenith. It's just so unfair. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and and the the all, the other high the high tide deck that you were running was it running blue sun zenith? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you you quieted down a little bit there. You're like, oh, I got him! I got him! So- <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I already got him when we started talking about the cutting wish package and the the other stuff. You know, I mean, there's well, no need to further get him. You know, <laughs> he's got. <him. laughs> well, I mean, this version has. Definitely, I think it's better in the field at the moment, but the list I played is better, like, against Counterbalance, because you have access to green mana and, like, a real sideboard, so you have cross and Grips in your board, so where's this version? Wipe Away. <laughs> yeah, he's got, like, one copy of Wipe Away, but, you know, it's it's not perfect, like, against, it's, you'd much rather just kill their Counterbalance. Yeah, I mean, if you wipe it away when you're going off, it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true, in many ways. No, I, I just don't, like, and then the other thing is, if you have green, then you're uh, susceptible to wasteland, you know? Well, I was playing one tropical island and a bunch of fetch lands. Well, then you're like, really... Then you're really susceptible to Wasteland, right? It's like, okay, get my one trap. Okay, Wasteland, you. Oh, but, shit. But you're not playing... The only three cards you're playing are against, like, Counterbalance, and generally Counterbalance decks do not play Wasteland. Very true. They There's can't really afford it in their mana base. No. Like, they're already playing generally fairly light mana, right? With And they need double blue, green, white. Snow. Yeah, exactly. There's no, there's no way to have a Wasteland there. You never want to play it. Ever. Like, maybe on turn, like, 10 or something, but until then, Wasteland is just going to, like, sit in your hand and look funny. <laughs> but I think this particular list started like taking that. over because Counterbalance is seeing a decline right now. Yeah. Man, I, it just seems really resilient. I, I lost even with 
Phyrexian Revoker in my Affinity deck on Candlesticks, and uh, he was still able. I think he cunning wished and got himself a repeal to to be able to uh, use his Candlesticks again to go off. This list, he probably found the seem- rebuild in the, in the sideboard. Yeah, against you, that would be better. Right, right. Seems pretty I mean, pretty good. Right. I mean, in repeal also is a, is a good answer to counterbalance. It's not bad. I mean, if they have a three on top, though, then you're pretty screwed. No, because you, you can just repeal for, like, 100. No, you can't. No, you can't. It's you actually, can't have... it's not X or less. It's exactly X. Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, we're teaching John and I legacy on this and cast. We're the, the <laughs> listeners, too. <laughs> um, I think Big Head Joe would be really happy to see that in ninth place there was a high tide deck with what he wanted in the deck, which is Emrakul. So I think Alex, you thought that that was uh, sort of inconsistent. Yeah, well, he'd probably just rather win the tournament, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, there's a lot of problems with Emrakul as the win. First of all, you really have no way to like find it. Whereas when you're playing Cutting Wish. And Merchant Scroll, like, finding a blue instant is really not that hard. Whereas a random one-of creature in your deck is kind of more awkward to find. Uh, plus, plus, like, sometimes Evercool doesn't actually win for you. Especially at, when you have, like, a bunch of Pact of Negations that you've played. And then you have an Evercool, you, and you take your extra turn and then you die. <laughs> yeah, it's <seems> bad. <laughs> well, if, if you're no, but if you're going off with candelabras and everything, like you should be able to pay for it. But in your upkeep of the next turn, yeah, you don't have any more high tides maybe, going on. Yeah, maybe you need high tide to go with. I don't know. Yeah, so like you kind of you need more. Not only do you need to find your random one of, but you have to have another high tide, and like it, you know, at that point. You're you're working pretty hard for something that is a lot easier to fit into the deck with the blue sun zenith. Like this other guy, in fact, played blue sun zenith as well as Ember Cool. Well, that's just wasting a card slot. Yeah, kind of. I mean, blue sun zenith at least you know when you're going off, it's useful. Whereas even if you're just playing it for like three, whereas Ember Cool, you really need to have the full fifteen. Plus, I actually had a game where my affinity opponent had disciple of the vault. Thopter Foundry, three artifact lands, and I was at four life. So playing an Embercool there would have, and attacking and, and annihilating him would uh, cost me the game there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Alex, moving forward, do you think this is a great deck? To, I really think to, it's a really good deck. For the I, mean, I, 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 I really love like combo decks that also get to pack their own like disruption, basically. Like, combo with Force of Will in it is just super powerful. Because normally in Legacy, you're like, you know, most decks go like, oh, Tarmogoy, Force of Will. And that's not really a good use of the, for the card. Whereas, like, protecting your kill from a combo deck is just so, so powerful. You don't really mind that you're tossing two cards because they're dying. <laughs> so do you think this deck <laughs> loses to Counterbalance? Um, I think it definitely has a difficult matchup against Counterbalance. Like, I th- you can definitely win. You know, you can, for instance, yeah, play actually, Counterbalance and you force a will it or something, and then you yeah, go Yeah, I'd off. actually be scared to play Counterbalance against this without testing, just because he has so many the counters, and... Well, if the actual uh, he can eventually just... Re- 
the main like, deck actually only plays four Force of Will, right? Very true, but anyway, after Counterbalance wastes some ca- time countering stuff, you play Time Spiral, you have a new hand, Counterbalance is sitting there with nothing left. Yes, but like it's the thing is you have to really resolve High Tide in that deck. Very true, so, which like, is actually very hard. Yeah. Any one, any one like Counterbalance top 100% is going to be able to counter your High Tide. Very true. And, and you have the Yes, too, uh, very true. But you weren't playing those, so maybe your deck. I wasn't, no, but. I mean, yeah, but a lot of fairies is also better against, like, you know, against Pithing Needle and stuff, which people are probably going to start playing more of. Yeah, well, the, the counterbalance, Cut. um, I mean, yeah, it'll counter Candelabra, but, I mean, Candelabra is something you can play on turn one anyways. Yeah, I mean... You, you know what I mean? Or turn two before the lock. Like, the thing is about, about counterbalance and countering one drops is, like, usually you're countering, like, a swords or, like, you know, some, something that's more reactive rather than something you could just sit on the board and be like, okay, here's a... Yeah, but, I mean, you know. Candelabra isn't really a threat without a high tide, right? Because it it's complete, does absolutely nothing. Sure. The deck doesn't have any lands that give, give you more than one mana unless you have a high tide going yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, and the Counterbalance deck isn't a threat without Counterbalance. <laughs> well... I mean... At that point, if they're if they're trying to beat you with creatures, like it's just a bad aggro deck, they're not gonna they're not gonna win with with Tarmogoyf, You know what I mean? No, no, definitely not. Yeah, so I mean, I definitely mean, the, the way to beat the deck is like aggression plus disruption, right? Yeah, I, that's, that's I agree. the best way to beat any combo deck. But I mean, you've seen like in the coverage, man. He got what did he get? Thought seized and hemmed. Oh yeah, and no, still like, won. Yeah, it's, I mean, similar things happened to me, too. I played against a guy, and I got my whole hand stripped, and then brainstormed and Cloud of Fairies into, like, high tide, time spiral, and boom, he was dead. Yeah. Yeah, like, so against, what, what I'm saying is, like, I, I think people say, yeah, I mean, counterbalance can, can have game against this deck. Sure, I, I believe that, but at the same time, it's like, I've played counterbalance plenty of times, and, like, if you don't have it in your opener, you know... Like, it's just kind of like the deck is not as good, <laughs> obviously, you know. If you don't have a namesake in your opener, it's not. <laughs> 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 and, and I mean, like, w- what Counterbalance is good at doing is slowing slowing the game down until they can stick that Counterbalance lock. But this deck has a very, it's very fast, you know what I mean? So, like, if they don't yeah. have that Counterbalance lock, like, turn one, turn two, you know, turn one top, turn two Counterbalance, turn three live then they're going to have a tough time. Right, but I mean, that's also, like, the deck's slightly sto- slower than, like, Ad Nauseam Tendrils, right? It's, it's like, half, let's say, half a turn to a turn slower than that mm-hmm. deck. And that deck always has struggled with counterbalance decks. And it's, I mean, it's very similar, you know... Like, I mean, if, if the, counterbalance doesn't have a counterbalance, then yeah, I mean, things are pretty good, but the thing yeah, is, just, when, when you know that you need a counterbalance and you can mulligan aggressively for it, it's, it's different. Sure. Sure. I mean, John? Yeah, I mean, if you mulligan your counterbalance, that's fine. If, if you just, like, are gonna get there and you mulligan to your counterbalance, then sure, you know? <laughs> If, yeah, I mean, the deck can beat the counterbalance, but I think it's, like, a hard matchup. I'd have to try, you know, play the matchup to be no for sure, but... Yeah, maybe we can do that one of these days. 
Well, I think like, it's unlikely I'm going to get my paws on some candles. Candle. <laughs> if you're, if, John? <laughs> if you're playing hand disruption against uh, Time Spiral, the thing that can happen is that they top deck the Time Spiral and then they're right back into it, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, or, or if they have a ton of mana, they could just, you know, meditate. Like, the, the ad nauseum deck can <laughs> never do that, you know? Uh, what about the card ad nauseum? Well, the thing is, they're only running one, so they're... Well, like, some, of them play, some of them play, yeah. like, two, and they usually play four Infernal Tutors. And if they're, like, the ad nauseum player's smart at all, they'll just, like play out their lines, eye diamonds, and so on. And then, you know, they draw an Infernal <laughs> Tutor, or even, like, Brainstorm or Ponder or Preordain into one, or even a Grim Tutor, right? And if you're playing, like, Airy Lax's build, then uh, then you just go off, you get you get Ad Nauseum and go off. I, I, I love how Alex always so. chains these, like, these things together. He's like, yeah, you know, it only <laughs> runs two. Like, the point he was making was that it doesn't run four. Okay, like, it runs four. Okay, but you're like, yeah, yeah, it runs two, and I mean, they have four Infernal Tutors, so if they have an Infernal Tutor, and a Lion's Eye Diamond, and they, you know, do this, that, and the other thing, then yeah, sure, they can still have nauseum. It's like, you know, that doesn't invalidate the point, come on. <laughs> well, but I mean, like, you're comparing four Time Spiral to four Infernal Tutor, and two, or one ad nauseum. It's like, pretty similar, right? No, it's not, because you need a Lion's Eye Diamond. Well... You need a high tide with the time spiral unless you have six lands out, which is unusual. No, we're talking about we're talking about to get there to cast this spell. You need you need to have a, a lion's eye diamond, an infernal tutor, and I go okay. If you want to, if you want to do that, you also need mana to cast the. You also need mana to cast the <laughs> So mana, you know. <laughs> so you're saying you need like four lands and and infernal tutor and lion's eye diamond. So like two cards and four lands. Yeah. So how does time spiral get cast? Isn't it like time spiral, high tide, and four lands? Yes. <laughs> so, so, I don't I don't understand the point that's being argued. I thought Frankie was just saying which one's the better top deck card once your hand gets completely yeah. disrupted. Right. So you have no cards in hand. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm saying is that there's four time spirals. Okay. And there's you know what I mean? There's uh But you need to have six times to play to be I think our logic is a little faulty in in every count. <laughs> but uh Go Frank, go Frank, call them out. I don't think uh it matters much. <laughs> but you know, you're saying you have six lands in play, like six islands? That's a lot of islands. I think in general, <laughs> ad nauseums requires more cards, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Always leaves himself room to be wrong. Well, it's a necessity for him, right? <laughs> That's why I love Frank. He's just like, yeah, but maybe I'm wrong. Who cares? <laughs> and Alex is over here. No, man, listen to this, okay? <laughs> John, John, are you going to play with those candlesticks <laughs> that you've acquired? Yeah, 
Do you think, uh, so I want to ask you and Alex real quick, what's the pros and cons of playing either or at nauseum versus, uh, like what metagame would I, should I be expecting? Is there one that's generally more favored? If you well, guys Alex have any has an idea. idea for sure. Why don't you, uh, <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I think that, like, if you're expecting very heavy, like, counterbalance, definitely against counterbalance, I think the high tide deck is better. Though, with the doomsday package <laughs> down the sideboard, is is hard. Is uh, the that nauseum deck is better with the doomsday package now that it plays, but like. Both decks struggle in that matchup. They're pretty sim- they have pretty similar good and bad matchups, I think. Like, I think you'd rather play Ad Nauseam if you're playing against, like, random creature decks, whereas you'd rather play High Tide if you're facing against more disruption. Okay. Like, what do you, what do you mean by more disruption? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'd rather, like, against Zoo deck, a Zoo deck, you'd rather be playing Ad Nauseam than High Tide, right? But against, uh-huh. say, you know, like a junk deck, for instance, I think High Tide is, is a lot better against against that than Ad Nauseam is. The problem with like the problem with Zoo versus Ad Nauseam is once they hit you with a couple step links, that no, no, I'm serious. <laughs> like, they, they, yeah, I don't know. No, but just Frank played it last <laughs> night, so I'm just yeah. Once you know, they hit you with a couple on. step links, and it's like, oh man, do I really want Ad Nauseam here? Like you have to go for the ill-gotten gains. Well. Yes and no, like, I'm, the, the thing is, <laughs> of course, <laughs> yes, doesn't, doesn't lightning bolt just wins against a nauseum? Lightning. Well, how, how low do you really need to go in life, right? <laughs> well, I think when my opponent's going to, like, zero or negative numbers, it makes the game so much simpler. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sometimes you cast Ad Nauseam on 18 life and you just die, right? Yeah. But yeah. Then again, sometimes you play Time Spiral when you draw all blanks. Like, you know, it, well, no, it you, get, you get a preordain with the six blanks. Well, you still win. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, all, but that isn't all. Sometimes you do draw, like, just all blanks. It's it's happened to me, like, a few times in the tournament, though I don't think it should happen that much, but uh, it happens. Like, you do have a lot, you know, you're, especially if you're going off, say, turn three, you have quite a few lands in your deck you can still draw, plus your Force of Wills, plus, like, your Candlesticks and your turnabouts. You know, you, you need to have some card to actually kill them with. Yeah, definitely. Or some way to find a card to kill them with. Yeah, but I mean... At, like, against, say, a Zoo deck, for instance, as well, they tend to play, at least here, around here, they Mind Break Traps in the sideboard, right? Yeah. And uh, an ad nauseum deck would play a Thoughtseize or a Duress, get rid of the, uh, the Mind Break Trap, and then go off. Whereas the High Tide deck would play, would, would play High Tide, play Time Spiral, and then Force of Will their Mind Break Trap, right? Yeah, or Path Negation. Right, but, but then they draw seven cards, and... Then so does the zoo deck, and they can potentially draw like their own mind break traps and so on afterwards. Yeah, but then you also still have access to your. Well, sometimes, some usually you do, but the thing is, sometimes you're going to draw. <laughs> well, usually they do. <laughs> I 
This is nuts. This is crazy <laughs> talk. Someone's wrong again. I don't know, man. I'll say I'm wrong because Alex is definitely not wrong. He's got answers for everything. Oh, uh, yeah. You can't shut him up, man. No way. You like it like that. Uh, <laughs> No, no, John. That's why he's the guy I con- consult a lot. Uh, the main guy I consult locally because he he knows about everything. <laughs> he has something to say about <laughs> everything. Like you, Definitely. John, is that- <laughs> <laughs> There's something you like about well, besides your trading savviness. <laughs> that, you know, like I'm like some of these guys. They're just like I don't know. Maybe you know. You, you may be wrong, but at least you're confidently wrong. <laughs> hey, I think that's the best way to be wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> Because, like, last last cast, I was just arguing with you about how sucky this deck was. I was exactly. just like, oh, yeah, this deck. And I gave the same, like, example about duresses and stuff, remember? <laughs> yeah. so, like, so then, like, in this cast, it's totally reversed. I'm like, oh, man, this deck is so awesome. I really hope so because I just, like, picked up ten candlesticks at, like, 200 bucks a pop. Like, <laughs> and if, the, if, if it's not good, then, uh, yeah, candlesticks are going to, you know, go down and that's going to suck. <laughs> yeah, well, in fact, Patrick Chapin's article uh, on Star City, he at the end of it, he hinted that uh, he thinks that something in the deck might get the bad hammer or something. That's okay, then I'll just play 12 post-Eldrali. Yeah, that deck's Does that even work? <laughs> it, it does, does. on MPGO. Okay. I haven't seen it doing well anywhere in real life. Yeah, but that's maybe because no one has candlesticks. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Except for you. John's except for, except for Alex Hatfield and me. <laughs> <laughs> so what were some of the other decks? I mean, this one's way too controversial for the cast, I think. Like, <laughs> Well, last, last cast we started talking about the different archetypes, right? And we mentioned Vile decks and we mentioned Counterbalance decks. And that's it, right? That's all there is, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually... <laughs> we talked a lot about uh, a fair amount about combo, right? When while discussing high tide and right. ad nauseum, and that's definitely another definitely. Se- sector of the metagame. There's no high tide decks, which are actually not that popular. I, I think they're going to start being a lot more popular now, though. I think they're, they're actually very skill intensive, and people will be turned off by the fact that it takes a lot, a lot of thinking and planning to actually combo with them. It takes Maybe. a lot of time to, like, I don't know, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm very impressed with Alex Hatfield that he managed to go through that whole tournament playing that deck because. No, I think his version is actually easier to go off with and faster than yours, just because yeah, candlesticks I think make it right. easier. Yeah, definitely faster to go I, off. You know, I agree with that. Alex goes off so much faster than you. <laughs> <laughs> but wasn't wasn't the high tide deck like a standard deck once? Uh, I don't. No, it wasn't ever standard. That's uh, way yeah, before, it, my it is, it is, uh, before my time. It's before my time. It's before my time. I've been playing this game forever. Yeah, I have no idea actually. <laughs> I, I mean, I've, I, there's been like a bunch of mono blue combo decks around. Like Pro Tour Tinker, but I don't know about High Tide. Yeah, I, I know. What? I know when Urza's Sagas came out, like they they banned like a lot of card, and I think it involved the uh, Memory Jar and 
I, I think it was yeah. kind of playing the same game, basically. Wasn't that a Tinker deck? Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, it, it might tinker have been Tinker. So what happens when they when someone just starts running Boil? <laughs> uh, that's why you play counter spells. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People do and run Choke. So. And it's hard to cast Boil on turn three. Unless, I guess, they're also playing islands, and they, like, tap their island for three, tap their mountain, play boil. <laughs> no, they just, they just like, write a flame, not write a flame, a seeding song, and then, boom, boil. Yeah, right? that seems like a very yeah, powerful plot. Yeah, turn one, eh? That's the flame. <laughs> <laughs> right on, on turn one with their one island. <laughs> or their one fetch line, even better. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that explanation, Alex. Yeah, no problems. <laughs> But like other combo decks that there are, right? KYT, you mentioned show and tell earlier today. I think that was me. Uh, I think you both did. I I mentioned it on Twitter because uh, like that was the first deck I played against on MTGO with my Affinity deck, and they proceeded to turn to Emrakul game one and kill me again with that same sequence in, in game two, and I'm like, what's going on <laughs> I think, here? I think I've seen you tweet right. and say, is it really that consistent? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, twice in a row, I'm like, wow, Affinity is really, really underpowered, and maybe my local legacy players just suck ass. <laughs> oh, he's talking so. about you guys, man. Excluding this guy. Coming from the guy who plays the same legend twice. Yeah, really bad. <laughs> don't, don't, put, don't put too much weight into it. <laughs> don't worry, KYT. We're going to let you live that down someday. I, I am curious about this deck just because uh, my favorite player, Jerry Thompson, played this. He played Doomsday Show, and I have no clue what this deck's about, but I just I, I knew I watched SCG Live, and he... Apparently made a misplay. He went down to one life, and then he was gonna doomsday again, but its life rounded down, so he couldn't do it. So he just straight conceded. No, what happened was he he set up a doomsday package, right? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Alex. I know you will. Uh, <laughs> so. I love to do that, but actually, I did not watch his match. So yeah, yeah. Alex oh, was like game day. Playing the real format. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, so yeah. So you guys actually play the Esper uh, Esper Stoneforge deck. That deck is really good. Yeah, I played it too. Did you find like issues with the mana base? <laughs> We're switching to oh, man. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that later. So, uh, so yeah, Doomsday. So Jerry T sets up a Doomsday package, right? And. Um, the package was, let's see, it involved these cards, and let me see, I don't know, I'll let to figure out what the order was. Uh, it involved the Sheldock Isle, Emrakul, uh, Retail, uh, Wipe Away, and Doomsday. I got a quick question, John. Are you shipping cards to someone? Because it, it sounds like you're playing with oh, cards. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm pulling cards on, <laughs> I'm shipping stuff. Is that a, is that a problem, KYT? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a problem. It just sounds like sounds like you're shipping. Oh, does it sound like, okay? I'm sorry. It's, I didn't. I didn't know it was bleeding over. Um. <laughs> but Doomsday is also a masturbatory deck, right? So he was like mas- uh, masturbating with his package. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the masturbatory jokes are probably gonna get old real quick. <laughs> I don't know. It's been with about two audience, hours. 
<laughs> People are going to start calling this the masturbation cast. <laughs> well, as long as combo decks keep winning, I don't think we have a choice. <laughs> yeah, if you guys don't want to hear about masturbation, then go win a tournament with Zoo or something. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that was the Doomsday package. It was um, Doomsday, Shellback Isle, Emrakul, uh, White Boy, and Repeal. Okay, so he had a carpet of flowers in play. Do you know what a carpet of flowers is? Yes, I do, but yeah. maybe you would like to say for those of those listening who do not. What, why don't you share with the... No, it's okay. You, you, I'll give you that pleasure. <laughs> no, I insist. Why don't you do it? <laughs> after you. After you. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that I don't screw it up, I'm going to read it uh, off the screen here. Hold on one second. <laughs> oh, man, the chat's going crazy right now. They're all talking about the Medina versus Alex... Tension in the in the uh, in the hallway here. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carpet of Flowers is a um, one-drop green enchantment, and what it says is during your main phase, uh, you may add up to X mana of one color to your mana pool, where X is the number of islands target opponent controls. Okay, so if your opponent controls one island. You can add one mana of any color. If they control two islands, <laughs> you can add two. <laughs> and so on. So, I just learned from that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to help. So, so uh, what happened was Jerry T had one of these in play, and the other guy had a bunch of islands in play. I don't remember. It's probably I think four four islands maybe in play, and so. What Jerry was going to do, the guy had a pithing needle on Sheldock Isle. Okay, so Jerry, he drew the Sheldock Isle, played it. The guy hit him down to three. Okay, and then I think he drew the, the next thing he drew was the wipe away. So he passed the turn with the wipe away in hand. And so what that what had happened is he had uh, three lands in play and the Shellback Isle. So when he passed the turn, he wasn't able to wipe away the Pithing Needle and activate the Shellback. No, okay. Oh, okay, so okay. what he should have done, from from what I understand, is he should have... Wipe away the pithy needle with the carpet of flowers mana, because it's only in your main phase, and then activate the shellback isle then. That would make sense. Just and win right he, then. Yeah, and then he would have taken an extra turn, and uh, yeah, annihilate six should be good enough. Yeah, he would have taken an extra turn, annihilated six, and then had the repeal for because the guy had a trinket mage still and the crack. You know, the crack back <laughs> could have like. Uh, could have hurt him, you know? So he could have done that and then repealed, like, the Trinket Major or the Jace or something, because I think the guy might have uh, had a Jace down or... How many permanents does the guy have? He had a lot. Okay. I had a lot, a lot. He just, like, dropped double counter Yeah, he dropped, like, everything. He, he emptied his hand onto the board so that he can survive. So, yeah, so, like, so like if he would have done, he could have also, like, repealed into the wipe away, repealed the pithy needle into the wipe away, wipe away the jays, 
activated the guy and swung, and then maybe he wouldn't have enough mana to play the jades. Or like there was a, a sequence of plays that he could do it. But what he did is he passed the turn. He didn't use the carpet of flowers mana, and then um, then he just screwed himself because the 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 trick and age came in, hit him for down <laughs> to one, and then like at that point he drew his his card, and then was like, well, repeal this, get the doomsday, and then like I can doomsday, but he'll die because he's at one life. Yeah. Right. I, I actually like watching the coverage from last um, from this from Edison was awesome because there were so many misplays, and like now I don't feel so bad for my destructive force misplay. Oh. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, but <laughs> it's been cemented by the A-team cast yeah, title that I selected. <laughs> <laughs> Self-destructive force. <laughs> but there was the, I think the guy who won the tournament he played Koth twice, right? I heard I, oh. I heard that like they were they were kind of razzing in the uh, coverage because they were like they were like we're gonna call you so and so two cough you know uh, <laughs> and <then laughs> like what man that card is good <laughs> I once actually witnessed a match at a PTQ that where both players had Jace the Mind Sculptor in play we're both brainstorming on their respective oh. turns <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that that actually happened at like um I was playing EDH with a couple guys who uh who are just getting into the game. So like uh one of them played I put Jace's in their de- in their EDH decks, you know, so they could just feel the power, you know. So <laughs> they want to trade for you with you? They'd want no, to be no, like no. you'd be like, Give me two candlesticks, I'll give my Jace. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sweet, sweet taste, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, these guys don't have any cards to trade or anything. So so um yeah, so I just threw him in there. I wasn't letting him keep the Jaces. I just put him in the decks. So, like, one guy plays the Jace, and uh, he brainstorms. And then the next guy, he plays the Jace, and then he brainstorms. And, like, I'm eating, like, you know, chips and Diablo sauce or something. I turn around, there's two Jaces on the board. I'm like, whoa, hey, you can't do that. And they're like, oh, why not? <laughs> and I'm like, you can't. You can't have two of the same on the board, you know? And then they're like, oh, okay. He's like, well, I don't play mine then, you know? <laughs> so, so then the guy, the guy ends up, like, uh, killing the other guy's Jace uh, when it's Merfolk, because it's like a Merfolk EDH deck. And then he proceeds to play the Jace and then kill me with Jace. Like, he just starts face-sealing me, and I, I play Ural. And I'm like, okay, Ural, Ural's down, you know, put him down. And then he's like, oh, Wrath of God. And I'm like, ah, crap. So then, like, I'm like, okay, Euro, and then the other guy's like, oh, day of judgment, and I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> and so, like, I can't stick a Euro for the life of me, and this guy's just dacing me to death, and I'm just like, ah, and he beat me. So oh, annoying. Euro's <laughs> a great general, I play him too. Oh, you do? Yeah. So let's argue about the Euro deck. <laughs> How many That's enchantments? <laughs> How many enchantments? I think I'm down to, like, one <laughs> enchant creature. <laughs> bear Umbra? Uh, oh, sorry, two. I have Bear Umbra and uh, Ruins of the Deus. Deus. Really? Those are the only two? Those are the only two. Everything else isn't good enough. What about uh, what about the uh, the one that gives them indestructibility and flying? It's not useful. Why not? I never want it. I always want to just kill my opponent. Oh, sorry. I also play uh, Eldrazi's Conscription. <laughs> yeah, I play, I play no Ruins. I play the Eldrazi Conscription... And I play like ten. Do you play Yavimaya Hollow? No, what's Yavimaya Hollow? 
it's a land you need for your deck. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like. I didn't copy this on a deck list. Like I built this from the ground up. You know. So, yeah, no. So, so did I. But uh, basically, it taps for colorless. So you pay green, tap it to regenerate every creature. Man, I play magic on a table, not on the ground. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yavimaya Hollow, huh? Yeah. yeah, but I don't need to regenerate him because he's indestructible. Yeah, but it's much easier to regenerate him with a land that's much easier to find and stick than an enchantment. I always win with this deck, dude. But what about the story you mentioned <laughs> that, like... Dude, I just made that yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I seldom win because I sit down and, I, like, for no reason, I'm not an ass or anything, but... There's this one guy who decides to pick on me and commits everybody else in the game to pick on me. <laughs> oh. oh man. If you ever played EDH, I would definitely... You have, you have to learn to be lovable like me, man. Sorry, Frankie. Not everybody as lovable as you. Yeah. Play Roshi, uh. it's more rogue. <laughs> Man, people just, like, smell the Genesis Wave, like, a mile off if you're playing Rasheed. Yeah, yeah, now that Genesis Wave is out, uh, I was playing it before Genesis Wave, and that card's... You're, one of, the, you're one of the people who's like, I was playing it before it was cool, okay? <laughs> a friend of mine's like, man, I played Valakut before Primeval Titan. It was so sweet when I played, like, Arrow and Expedition maps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just bad then, right? That's... That's my sensible, right? <laughs> Yes, that is. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> well, it <laughs> served him well, awesome. though. He ended up getting second at... Uh, yeah, it served, he did really well with it. It just wasn't... But now good. but now we got to, like, hold together strong as, you know, he over, tries to overcome his Valakut addiction. we <laughs> 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 trying to get him, you know, to, to chew some mono-green Eldrazi gum. Yeah, you guys think that deck's good? No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Did we even talk about Legacy on this cast? Yeah, I think we should at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. Man, we probably spent at least an hour with uh, you and Alex about High Tide versus Ad Nauseam. At least oh, it felt like an hour. It feels like High Tide. There was that whole, like, half hour that you guys started the cast without me. That's right. Yeah. yeah I don't know about that. That first half hour was just masturbation uh, jokes. And- yeah, that was basically it. Yeah, we talked about Frankie and his dildos and stuff. <laughs> what happened to the PG rating on this cast, man? What's it's not PG? Oh, yeah, I don't know. It just went out the window. Get it. It's crazy talk. <laughs> crazy talk. <laughs> um... So I'm gonna have to be oh, the clock no. Nazi again. <laughs> Medina, Medina is giving me, but uh, so we we're, <laughs> we're saving gold. For the next so guys, He's listeners, like, if you can snatch the clock yeah. from my hand, she's <laughs> yours. <laughs> Uh, listeners, if you if there's another deck that you wish for us to talk about or any questions, leave comments on manadeprived.com or mtgcast.com. That's where the cast is posted on. And I think we concentrated on specifically yeah, on combo decks this time around. Rock decks. And A for rock. <laughs> <laughs> As we prepare for GP Providence, I don't I, know. Dave, are you going to be going I'm there? I'm not sure yet. I, I can't. <laughs> don't you, basically, don't I you can't say that for every event, though? You expect me to plan like a month in advance. <laughs> Wait, that's in a month? Uh, but, no, it's in more than a month. It was just in oh, okay. 
But if you say. do come, make sure to bring some barbecue yeah. pork. <laughs> <laughs> end of uh, it's going to be end of May, I believe, and I think Frankie has intentions of going. Me also, Alex, John is. Would it be? Is it close at all? To no, you? no, I, I don't think so. Right. I'm going to have all this money from candlesticks, dude. Yeah, you have to you have to use those candlesticks. Yeah, KYT, you could stop by. Like, where where do you live, Medina? KYT could stop by, pick you up, and oh yeah, I live in Ohio. Come get me, KYT. I'll be like to Rhode Island, Jeeves. It's a slight detour. Um, it's worth it. It's worth it. I don't know. Like KYT's got a really good pilot, so. So that wraps it up. Is there anything, uh, I guess we'll, we'll, I know Alex and John want to speak a bit quickly with, about Esprica. And clearly the name is all, Darkling Duck. We leave it. Or, yeah, Darkling or Duck. Black Hawk Down or Dirty Hawk. <laughs> oh, Black Hawk Down. Black or Black, Black, Black Swan. Swan. <laughs> yeah, I heard that one. So, <laughs> that made me laugh. I was having trouble getting double white. Were you having trouble getting double white? Not really. <laughs> Everything works for this guy. No wonder why he has these insane like chain of thought. You know, he's like, "Oh, that's easy. All you have to do is just get all your white mana and then perfectly curve into your blue and black mana." See, like it's so easy. Well, like I, I, I didn't have double white on turn four that much, like for Day of Judgment. But mm-hmm. I, in terms of like later than that, you, it was it was not too hard. I mean, you have yeah. to like fetch white lands with your marsh flats usually. Oh, really? I wasn't doing that. Oh, Shit. that makes sense. Yeah, no, you won't have any white. <laughs> yeah, and I was also just like tectonic and edging my like you know white so? blue lands. Yeah, so uh, that's probably what happened to me. Oh. Yeah, yeah, like of course, you, of course you get the fetch yeah. white lands. Come yeah, that, that's an awesome story. <laughs> yeah, game uh, day. Uh, Dave Schneer got uh, back, got got mind slavered <laughs> three times in a row. Now, yeah, that was pretty third fun. Third time, his opponent decided to figure out how to tectonic his own lands. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> awful. I just couldn't do a thing. I was sitting there, like, being mind-slavered. And I'm like, don't figure out how Tectonic Edge works. Don't do it. And wow. It, Man, that's that must be painful for, for you. It was watch. very painful, yeah. Because you're like, oh, I'm safe. He didn't Tectonic Edge me. And then I'm the sorry. second time, you're like, oh, he doesn't even know about this. And the yeah. third time, he's just, like, crushing your dreams. Yeah, yeah I, I was watching, and, like, the third time, he, like, just ripped the mind-slaver off the top. He's like, sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> It was awful. I still won the match, thankfully, but it was awful. Wow. <laughs> so this another guy at game day, a friend of mine who was playing Cobblade, uh, ended up losing to him. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> yeah. The the other thing was like with the Esker Cobblade, like I just felt like the land drops. I was using the the list from the uh, Star City Games coverage. Is that the list you were using? Yeah, like Gerard Fabiano's list. Yeah. I also, I just found that, like, the the land drops were just awkward. Like, it was like, I could Inquisition them on turn one, but I wouldn't be able to turn two or anything. Like, my yeah, life, I, I my found life, that sometimes, too. Like, that often I would have to play, like, Taplan turn one to be able to play Stoneforge turn two. Yeah, but then it's like, makes your Inquisitions, like, worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was just kind of like, I was battling with that, and it was, I don't know, the land <laughs> thing was really getting to me. And then, like, there was plenty, like, I was playing against Boros, and, like, I had, like, five lands in play and one white source, and I had, like, Gideon and Baneslayer in hand, and I'm just like, 
where's my white land? I'm like, preordained, no white land. Preordained, no white land. It's just like, ah. Just, hey, that's like the sound that you make after you finish winning with High Tide. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that's what happens when you play a format with three-colored decks that don't have triple lands. We've been spoiled a little bit by shards. Because, <laughs> you know, because all the aggro decks, they can play mostly all untapped lands. So you're, you're sending <laughs> yourself back by playing three-colors. Anyway. Yeah, so the clock Nazi is calling for a... Uh, <laughs> I don't oh, because of me. I'm very sorry. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, Dave has to wake up at like 5 o'clock in the morning to go yeah. and, like, wash his cat or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thank you so much for being on the cast, Dave. Uh, I don't imagine you have that many shout-outs except for maybe barbecue pork uh, in Chinatown. So any last words? Barbecue pork It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you so much once again, great Dave. being on Crazy um, Talk. No, 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 no. It's Crazy <laughs> Talk. Say it right, Dave. Come on. Crazy Talk. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to have to record the keep John Medina it. for the intro for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I keep hearing John saying America in my head. Team America. Since we're Canadian, you're going to have to like slip in a little north. So like make it Team North America, man. We've got Canadian threshold. Yeah, that thing has been dead for years. I don't know. It's, it, it's it, one of a version of it top eighted, right? With yeah, Eric but, English, funnily enough, playing playing next. It's kind of yeah. funny, like Team America is, you know, and then there's like Canadian Threshold played by a guy whose name is English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a new, that's actually, it's like next level Canadian Threshold, right? Yeah, it's like they, Jace's. Yeah, with Jace's, <laughs> they cut the Nimble Mongoose, they're running, um, oh, check this out. I, uh, I talked about this with one of the guys who was running it. Uh, my buddy Mark Sun was running this next level Threshold deck, and, um, we were talking, me, him, and Weinberg were like, hey, dude, what if you put uh, Baskalis Caller with the, you know, the little guy, what's his name? Uh, Grim Lavamancer. Yeah. <laughs> what if you put Baskalis Caller with Lavamancer? And I think this deck had it, right? Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, what, what is, where the heck is it? Next level threshold. Here we go. It does have it, right? Trinket Mages. Let's see. Where's the Baskalis? Yeah, Baskalis Caller. See? I think I saw that list. <laughs> you got, it didn't make sense. Medina, can you do a good, good Kool Aid guy? Be like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a good Kool Aid. I'm not gonna. I don't do this stuff on command. Come on, man. Like you guys are just using me for my sound effects now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, uh, John. Any. <laughs> I, I, I apologize that I asked about Force of Wills before reading your article, but then I, I went in and uh, tried to use the advice and uh, went to every store I could and tried to get myself a bag of Force of Wills. <laughs> did you Did you get some? How many did you get? Uh, I, well, I really, I just ordered That's a, not a bag of Force of Wills. <laughs> KYT, don't come on, come on. You can tell them, you know, guys. If any of you don't have any Force of Wills, it's because KYT's bought them all. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a room in his um, mansion. It's just like, yeah, like wall force of wheels. It's wallpapered with force of wheels. 
<laughs> it reminds me of that YouTube video one of you showed me where a guy's like just going through a stack of force wheels no, and he like has like 40 of them. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> really? Okay. I just like, I was just going through that video. Um, so John, anything you would like to plug? <laughs> Obviously your, your new cast. Uh, when will it be second. available? Can you just come back to me? Is that cool? Sure, sure. Um, Alex? Can you just come back to me, too? <laughs> awesome. G- g- give him the mic to David. We'll, we'll let him go if he needs to. No, yeah, already let him go. Yeah, you guys finish up. I could leave, I guess. Dude, we're playing the exactly spiral. What, yeah. We're not, we're not going to finish. <laughs> At least we're going to have an hour. <laughs> Alright, well, good night. That's if we even go off. <laughs> we could fizzle. <laughs> good night. Good night, Dave. Good night, Dave. Bye. Alright, maybe, maybe I'll do my, uh, my little closeout. Sure. I want to send a shout out to my friend David. Uh, we played the Sealed at his house this weekend and it was, uh, super cool. And, uh, we had, we had like, um, uh, a prize split at the end, and the guys who won only two boosters, they opened like an insane pack with, uh, Sword of Beast <laughs> and Famine, and, uh, I think another, I think I don't remember who it was, but, uh, that was pretty cool. And, and, uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I, me, it's just, uh, shouts to Dave and John, and hopefully he's not too pissed that, uh, we had to start the cast earlier, cause I love dude, you this guy. You tell and, me, uh, dude. It's like, it's like, can you start at night? I'm like, oh, It's no, like it's elementary not- school all, all over again. It's like, KYT, you know? Why didn't you tell me earlier that you liked me? <laughs> I thought you were telling me about the cast, and then like, I get on at 9.30, and then he's like, yeah, uh, we started without you, so, uh, you know, just, we're just gonna work you in here, and I'm like, work me in? What the hell is this, dude? Freaking insanity. Well, it is crazy! <laughs> this is just crazy! <laughs> okay, are you, can we get back uh, to you I now? Know, Either of you? Thank, uh, John for being on the cast again. It's awesome. And, uh, KYT for, for starting this awesome podcast. You're really good at finding niches as, uh, Someone else said in an article, I believe. Plus, plus you got your awesome networking <laughs> abilities. I'd like to thank uh, Justin Richardson, who uh, I, I hope we'll have on the cast at some point. He's also a counterbalance player, at least he used to be, until counterbalance started sucking. <laughs> and uh, probably my favorite troll ever. Even even I'm favorite more than Thrun. <laughs> 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 All right, that's it for me. Can it goes back to John now. now. <laughs> so, um, let's see. I'll give an, a shout out to my buddy Eric on Twitter. His name is, uh, M-R-E, uh, 234. And, uh, he hooked me up with a candelabra. No, it, it, it's funny, but he, he totally hooked me up because I was like, man, I'm looking for four candelabras. You've probably seen my play by play trying to get there, you know? Because, like, these things were right, shooting right. up in price, and I'm like, oh, man, I, I want to definitely have a set to play with, because if I don't have a set to play with, then it's going to suck, you know? Because so you like playing with sticks. 
<laughs> so, High tide is the deck for you. <laughs> oh man, innuendo central. <laughs> so so um, he emails me later and he's like, "Hey dude, uh, did you still want a candelabra?" You know. And by this point, I had already I don't know picked up at least two playsets, you know. And I'm like, "Ah oh, man, like uh, I picked up a whole bunch of them." And uh, he's like, "Ah, oh, you know, I, I picked this up for you, so I was hoping that you could." You could buy it off me, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, oh, this sucks, man. Like, I just, I dumped a ton of money in these, can- these candlesticks, right? And I'm like, I don't really want to have more money in them. And then he's like, I'm only asking 125 And I was like, really? Whoa. He's like, yeah, man, I got a great deal on it. I seen it. I thought about you. And, uh, and so I bought it. And, uh, and I was just like, well, you know, that, that's, that's awesome that he like thought about me, bought it, he got a great deal. And then even though he got a great <laughs> deal, he didn't turn around and try to like, uh, just totally rip me off, you know, and be like, look, dude, uh, I'm gonna need 200 for this thing. And the thing is really nice condition, you know? So basically, clearly he's not listening to your articles. <laughs> no, cause he still made, he still made a decent profit on it, cause he got a great deal on it, you know? But uh, but he passed the savings on to me and sold it to me for one twenty five, and uh, yeah, I just want to encourage anybody who's listening who who like follows people on Twitter to uh, follow M R E two three four. So um, there was another guy who I traded a candlestick to. I know the clock Nazi is just gonna get, you know he's losing his mind right now, but he's just gonna have to deal with it because like if I was if I was on the cast a half hour earlier. <laughs> And I would have been able to talk. You know? <laughs> I'm never gonna live this down. Next I'm never gonna live this down. Book for the A team. I'm but, just not gonna show up. <laughs> oh no! Show up half an hour late. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! I'll, I'll get with the other guys and we'll start with KYT, uh, right? <laughs> I'll be like, oh, we'll work you in, buddy. Don't worry. Yeah, you'll about be it. like. Hey everybody, this is episode 29 of the AT, but I'm John Medina, your host. <laughs> and I'm your host and I'm joined with these three lovely guests. It's like, dude, these are my guests, these are hosts, KYT. Come on, get it straight. <laughs> so, so yeah, there was a guy who, um, I traded him a, uh, I traded for a candelabra from him and it was like all like roses when we were working on the deal, right? He's just like, we're back and forth, like, okay, how about this, how about that? And then I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do some throw-ins for you, like, blah, 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 blah. So, like, in the, the next morning, the guy had read a thread that's talking about, uh, like, the price, like, going up in Candelabra. And he had only traded me, uh, he only traded me for one, like, a hundred. It was, like, only a hundred in trade for it, you know what I mean? So then he sends me an email, like, after he already confirmed the trade, and he says, hey, man, I have second thoughts, so I'm just going to back out. But, like, we did it on this trading website, so it's not allowed to do that because it would be stupid if everyone could just, like, make a deal and then just back out. Because then there's no, there'd be no right. trust between people, like, that, hey, you know, when I make a deal on this website, I can, I can be sure that this deal is going to go through so I don't have to go and get candelabra somewhere else. You know what I mean? So, like, the guy just backs out, and then I'm like... I'm like, yeah, I saw that you posted in this thread and that you're, you know, you're a little bit concerned about the price going crazy. And, uh, you know, so I'd be willing to rework the deal with you. You know, if you want to get more value out of your candlesticks, I'm fine with paying the more value. Um, you know, it's just like when we made a deal, nobody knew what the price was going to be. Like, 
I mean, I made the deal like right after the the coverage, you know. So it's like, you know, the the so the candlesticks were okay. going up, and I knew they were going to go up, but I just didn't know how much or like I was just like I'm going to hedge my bets and just start picking these things up, you know. Right. So uh, so yeah, so he he didn't want to rework the deal with me, and uh, I posted a bad trader alert on him, which I have never done before. But I'm just like, you know what? If this guy's just going to back out of deals, I'm just going to post this thing. He won't rework it. So I posted it, and the guy calls me a douche. He was just like, Whoa. He goes, uh, wow. you, sir, are a douche, and uh, uh, you, uh, I'm a not going to re- what, what do you say? A douche and a scholar. A douche and a scholar. <laughs> He's like, so he, he calls me a douche, and uh, and then, like, it, I mean, he set the price, everything. Like, it was the perfect trade. Except for the price went up, and now he feels like an idiot, and he calls me the douche. So, uh, so yeah, he got in trouble on the website, got a little smack on his hand, and uh, and showed everyone that actually he indeed is the douche. So, so anti shout out to this guy, <laughs> Melvin. Oh, wow, major swap. Anti shout out to crazy <laughs> talk. <laughs> and once again, Medina is king. Oh yeah, oh, man. <laughs> let but, uh, one slip. Huh? <laughs> but 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 John, you didn't pull the. No, do you know I, I who I am? No I am I'm like, and I'm not anybody like, in particular. Oh sure, sure. Isn't very becoming of on you. <laughs> All right, this guy should have recognized. <laughs> so, but he should have at least should have really... told him is that you were more famous than Mike Flores. <laughs> so, so yeah, so anti shout out to this guy for just like being impossible to work with, like you know, and 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 not, I don't know, just being greedy, dude. He's just being greedy, you know. And he didn't know that the candelabras were. If he didn't know that they were going up, then charging me a hundred was greedy, because. They were only 70 before this. So he was trying to wow. overcharge me wow. as it is because he didn't know they were going up, apparently. I thought he knew and was like, oh, 100's good, but he didn't know. And uh, so he was trying to overcharge me, and then all of a sudden I become the douche because I made a deal with him and then posted him on the BTA. So anti-shout-out to him. Spent too much time talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to the to the positive shout-outs. Uh, shout-out to Mananation.com. Uh, they, ha- they have an interview with me up. Have you guys seen? Have you guys seen it or like heard about no, I'm it? Sorry, I'm not that obsessed with you. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get there, dude. <laughs> I, I've well, you take me. To I tweeted at you. I love it. <laughs> Kyt, you know I've seen it on Man and Nation, and, and the site looked really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's good. That is good. Um, but yeah, it was great. It was a great interview, John. And uh, well, be sure to check it out. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. So I just yeah, want to plug definitely. that because I want to. I basically just want to overflow. I want to overflow Tech's uh, <laughs> like bandwidth with people to go re- check out this interview, just so that I could be like, "Look, I'm a BAMP." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another shout out to uh, the Wizards Cupboard. Uh, dot com. It's a it's a it's like a hole in the wall, and I hope they don't get offended by me calling them a hole. But it's like a hole in the wall, like uh, shop, you know. And they they sold me a candelabra near mint at one fifty, and uh, and so wow. far it says shipped, 
they sent me an email saying shipped. So, I mean, who knows? I might get a message late saying, oh, sorry. Yeah. When we said shipped, we really didn't mean shipped. We meant canceled. Like, <laughs> Well, hopefully so. there are ones that KYT calls legit. <laughs> yeah, That's so, so legit, man. <laughs> if they cancel me, you know, I'm going to have to just give an anti-shout out. Oh, and I mean, we're not new to these bad stores doing this. I mean, to it's us not even stores right, John, anymore. So. Players will just back out of trades. You know, I mean, this is like the second time it's happened to me in a month. I make a trade for something. Like I bought a Tesseract from some guy at thirty, like after Paris, and then he's like, "Oh, I lost it." Remember, I think I talked about this. Yeah, my <laughs> yeah, took it yeah, we talked about this. And made a deck with it. I'm like, "Shut up, dude! You didn't lose it. Like, you're such a liar, man. You know, just level with me, jeez." Like. And this guy, and that's what this guy Melvin did. He leveled with me. He said, I had a change of heart. And so I leveled with him and I said, let's rework the deal. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I yeah. extended respect to him. And then he was just like, no. And I'm like, all right, then we'll play let's it a different way. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play it a different way, buddy. <laughs> so, so, oh man. Okay. Sorry. Uh, we're on the clock here, but I got more to say, man. KYT, are you like, Bald at this point for ripping out your Keep hair. Going. <laughs> and as long as God is not mad at me after this chat, no, I'm gonna be so I'm pissed. I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna drag this on just so I can get things out of you, KYT. Dude, <laughs> Dude I love you. I gotta be on the eighteen again because uh, I'm gonna be pissed if I'm not. <laughs> so um, uh, another plug is the podcast I have going on. Um, I'm gonna be recording this tomorrow. Yeah, so you so won't, won't be, be on the A team. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, I'm sure you guys will. Boo. I'm sure you guys will be, you know, very happy about that. Even though this last episode <laughs> was like awesome, I guess, right? Right. Some would call best yeah, podcast episode yeah, ever. It's <laughs> so, um, oh, that's crazy talk. <laughs> that's crazy talk, man. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so yeah, this podcast that I'm recording, I'm really looking forward to it because then I can just run my mouth and I don't have to go and hijack other people's podcasts and like, just like be a squatter in all these other cool podcasts. I can just make my own and then like just talk and talk and talk. So yeah, well, you do that anyways, but the second, yeah, I know, but now I don't have to do it on your <laughs> podcast. You know what I mean? You could. You could invite me one time and uh, ask me to show up halfway <laughs> as payback. I would never do that to you. I respect you way too much. Bro. <laughs> Damn. So not only really is like you, if you wronged him, huh. but he also is like more respectful. You <laughs> <laughs> took the high road with that one, see? <laughs> so, um, so I'll, I guess I can announce who's going to be on our podcast as as guests or not guests. Uh, it, this podcast will be posted as fast as like sometime tomorrow morning. So make your decision I'm gonna, I'm gonna, based I'm gonna, on I'm gonna that. I'm going to break. I'm going to break the host. Okay. Here on this podcast right now. Oh, Frank! Yeah. Frank's going to love well, this. Yeah, whatever, Frank. <laughs> so, so yeah, okay. So hosting this podcast is me. Okay, you don't need anything else, but we're going to get more. Okay, we got uh, my buddy it's Jr. A, it's not a monologue then. <laughs> it's not a monologue. You're like, damn, I was hoping for a monologue. I was. <laughs> Isn't that what every podcast I go on? Isn't that just like monologue with like, <laughs> with well, like, KY, well, with KYT's laugh track in the background and like a 
occasional comments yeah. by Frankie. <laughs> I just like, I'm not from Canada, I'm from Quebec. <laughs> or do you drive a Toyota man? <laughs> this is America man. <laughs> so uh so yeah, we're doing this uh, with me, my buddy JR, he's a local like PTQ grinder. He's actually played on the Pro Tour before. So uh, you know, that's more than what I've done. So that's awesome. And then we have a uh, Frank Lepore from uh, TCG player. And uh, he's going to bring an interesting aspect to the podcast, you know, so um, I'm looking forward to that. And then we also have Trick Jarrett from Mana Nation. <laughs> he's going to be awesome. Uh, did, if you guys heard the A-Team podcast that he was on, that was one of my favorite episodes. So uh, it's going to be sick having that trick around. And, uh, you know, he's going to keep me, I think, level. And... Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think it's possible. He's going to keep me under control, so I'm really looking forward to it. It's really hard because you just don't shut up, do you? No. I'm, very, I'm very slippery like that, you know what I mean? Like when, when people are trying to shut me up, I'm easily averting the, the, the topic and the conversation of shutting up, you know? But you're talking about it right now. Anyways. See? See, I jumped to another topic when, when the whole idea of shutting up came up, you know? <laughs> Um, so are we done wrapping this up? But like, I w- I'm definitely looking forward to that podcast and listeners of ours who are obviously big fans of Medina should, uh, do well to check that out. Did, did you guys figure out a name for it yet? Decide. So like, what? That's what we did. It took us forever <laughs> to figure I out mean, the you were in charge of that. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I think we definitely have wrapped this up. It's like a Christmas present, you know, it's like a, a ring or something, but it's the size of the tree. <laughs> but, you know, we, we spent more time wrapping up than we did, like, actually talking. <laughs> that's, okay. that's what happens in the masturbation showing. <laughs> Whoa, Frankie, that's crazy talk! <laughs> <laughs> so see you guys next time. Oh, episode, episode three, three of what? Talk. Of crazy talk. <laughs> <laughs> America. America. <laughs>